0: Hello, what's going on? It does. You
1: cannot. This point is being censored. This point is not.
0: This cannot be brought up. All right, I'll try it one more time. Third time. All right. Wait, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the "Not How I Remember It" podcast. Uh, We are thrilled with the response we've gotten so far. Yes. This, (laughs) This is Mandy, and I'm Jenny. And uh, we are going to, as the kids say, drop a uh, holiday episode on you here uh, with the book, the classic Barbara Robinson tale, the best Christmas pageant ever. Uh, this is a part of a trilogy, uh, which was also included the best Halloween ever and the best school year ever. Uh, yes. but this, this is the one I read mostly mm-hmm. as a child. So yes, this and... In- I'm excited!
1: Podcast number two, woohoo! Right. I know, and, yeah. And I never read the other two books. I just read the one about Christmas.
0: Yeah, I don't so, remember the other ones. Um, no. Reading them, I may have, but I. This is the one I remember reading. Uh, I remember reading it many a year um, and uh, enjoying it. And I picked it up, I think, once to read to my kids, maybe eight or nine years ago. And I don't even think we got through it then. I, you know, attention span of my children was not not ideal for a chapter book. I think at that point. So, um, so it was it was interesting to read it again because I, for sure, this one I came to with very different memories of it now rereading it. Yeah, this one
1: yeah definitely different memories and I honestly I don't think I well I asked my daughter I'm like did you read it and she's like no I'm like well I don't know why how we missed it like why she's a big reader and I don't know um why she didn't read it I should have made her read it with me this week so maybe she'll read it after listening to the podcast exactly she did want to read um are you there god it's me margaret after again after the podcast excellent um I, we don't really have a corrections corner or anything yet, but um, I <laughs> was told uh, by one of our fans—fan—that's <laughs> a funny word to say—that <laughs> um, uh, we forgot the dead, or I forgot the Deadpool reference. Apparently, in Deadpool, they mention, "Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret." Oh, it's kind of a gory scene.
0: I've seen. I've never seen Deadpool, so it. Would have gone right over my head.
1: Yeah. Margaret's everywhere. So, okay. Excellent. Back to Christmas special, a very special Christmas episode or podcast. I can read from inside the flat
0: or the back of the book. Sure. Yeah. Give us a synopsis of this one. In case someone hasn't
1: read it. Okay. The Herdmans are the worst kids in the history of the world. They lie, steal, smoke cigars, swear, and hit little kids. So no one is prepared when this outlaw family invades church one Sunday and decides to take over the annual Christmas pageant. None of the Herdmans has ever heard the Christmas story before, and their interpretation of the tale... The wise men are a bunch of dirty spies, and Herod needs a good beating, has a lot of people up in arms, but it will make this year's pageant the most unusual one anyone has seen, and just possibly the best one ever. So I actually first heard of this book because it was a TV movie, Mm. Lady from M.A.S.H. Yes. Uh,
0: Yes.
1: Loretta Loretta Swift? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Hot Lips Hooligan, or (laughs) not (laughs) Hooligan. Hooligan. (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) who's again, right. Beatings, the flap, the Herdman's and those kids in that movie at the beginning were like so insane that I stopped watching it. And then I didn't want to read the book because, um, here's a little background. I mean, we had a family like that in my neighborhood. Okay. And my neighborhood is a basic, um, Nineteen seventies houses built on an old goat farm. You know, all the houses kind of looked the same. They um you could pick from like four or five houses, and then once they were all built, nobody could tell whose house was whose necessarily because they all looked exi- almost identical except someone had black shutters and someone's house was blue, and but you go inside and like nine out of ten of the houses exactly the same on the inside, except one little house down the street was this little little tiny greenish tinted one-story house which you know i love a good ranch house i live in one now but um junk on the outside cats on the outside um now the kids were older than me so instead of them um, bothering us at school, they um, would get to know neighborhood kids, and then they would burglarize them. They would just rob them. So that I hope this yeah, is not know. what happened to the Herdmans right. <laughs> in later years. But that is what these neighbors did. Um, so they would talk to kids, and then they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going out of town spring break, whatever. And then they would get robbed over spring break, and um, it was... The brothers from this family uh, so I always was a little standoffish about this family um with obvious good reason I babysat the people in back of them and I was never really worried but uh yeah I don't know what their even know what their story really was I tried to look them yeah. up me <laughs> <But, laughs> trying to track them down track them down they had like oh last name like Smith so there's always very difficult right. So. um but that's what they reminded me of, these, this family. And so I didn't watch it. But then I started
0: to – then I read the book, and it was just lovely. Well, and I think as a child, I certainly – I think probably everyone who's read it can sort of identify people in the head. They think of as, oh, that would have been the Herdman's family, right, in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the really interesting things when I reread it as an adult is that I remember finding a lot of comedy in these kids that were sort of rough and dirty and in trouble, and you're just like, oh, such bad kids. And as an adult,
1: mm-hmm. it was
0: almost heartbreaking to read yes. because I just you know, viewed it so differently as a mom, as a, an adult who saw that clearly these kids had some trauma, in their lives. Mm -hmm. They clearly didn't have a lot of guidance. They certainly didn't have um, the material things that other children had Mm -mm. and how probably really, really challenging that had to have been. Um, And so it just, it was almost difficult for me to read that first chapter without feeling like, oh my gosh, I want to give these kids a hug because clearly they, are, they don't have a lot of wins in their life right now. There's no. a lot of things not going right for them. Uh, and so I thought that was a really interesting perspective because certainly as a child, I just thought, oh, those are those bad kids, those hermits, you know. Yeah, ugh. Yeah, yeah, right? Get them out of there. Ugh. Yeah. I thought the same thing. But
1: now, again, as an adult, they, I realized, you know, they had no a- attention at all. Like the, the mom worked at the shoe store and the social worker tried to get her only be able to work one shift at the shoe store. And she's like, no, no. Yeah. Or the shoe factory. No, I'll, I'm going to keep my two shifts at the shoe factory because I don't want to go home. You know, yeah. the social worker was like, yeah, I can I can see why she right? doesn't want to go home. And like they would chase cats. And you almost feel for those kids who see things from a different view as every other kid yeah and you know what this um going off topic it seems to bit is i didn't
0: realize that the narrator her name is never given yes that was interesting too because i went back to be like wait what is i was gonna write about her what is her name again and i i couldn't find it <laughs> so then i was like wait a second they never named the narrator it's the the daughter of um the lady who takes over the pageant so we should sort of say there's a annual Christmas pageant every year at the church, mm-hmm. and um, the lady who has done it every year, Mrs. Armstrong, uh, gets injured. She's in the hospital, and so the mother of the narrator takes over the pageant. She's not real excited about it, but mm-hmm. someone has to Well, But, up. you know, it's the, uh, what happens after there's a crazy phone tree yeah. <laughs> in the 1970s, you end up with a pageant. Yes, and so, you know, her mom takes it over, but yeah, they never mention her. She's a narrator throughout it, and they, they never mention her. They they do name her parents they name her brother, brother. um mm-hmm. which which i i love that part because the dad is like perfect no pageant this year i can st- i can stay home in my robe and relax by the fire and the mom said no cuz charlie is wearing your robe in the pageant as a shepherd and so the quote was so that year my father went to see his bathrobe
1: <laughs>
0: i know i love that the, quote the dad was funny he's a funny character yeah, yeah. Uh, and humor, and I'm sure that sort of humor went, you know, went over my head as a mm-hmm. child as well. That I really sort of appreciated this time around. Yeah, he was really good with the dad jokes, like pretty yeah. funny dad jokes. Yeah. yeah, right on top. And I also I loved the fact, um, you know, this phone tree was going around about how awful um the mother who was putting the pageant on was and you know no one could do it like mrs armstrong had mm-hmm. done it and all this sort of stuff and then the mother just sort of like stepped up it was like spite effort like oh yeah we will make sure oh, this pageant yeah. works and i was like that is my like yeah, that is i can feel that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's you that's like listen no none of you mm-hmm. mothers who do everything
1: <laughs> the same are gonna tell me what right? to do
0: yeah i love that part yeah I absolutely love that part.
1: Yeah, because the woman, Mrs. Armstrong, who broke her leg, she was in charge of everything in the their town. And another funny dad thing was when she someone was at the door. She's and the woman kept calling her and talking and talking, and the, the family wanted dinner. She's like, "Hold on, someone's at the door," and it was the dad ringing the doorbell, so she'd get off the phone. Yeah, she's like, "Really?" And then she's like, "Where were you ten minutes
0: ago?" So <laughs> I know they're a funny family. Yeah, the the writing in here was really funny. Um, There were lots of different lines. Like there was a line uh, that says the first pageant rehearsal was usually about as much fun as a three hour ride on a school bus and just as noisy and crowded. And I thought, Oh my goodness, I have been on field trips where I think (laughs) I, you couldn't pay me to do this again. And so that writing about as much fun as a three hour ride on a school bus, really, I was like, yes, that is, you got it. Like that sounds miserable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I get bus sick, so uh, it would be terrible. Right? Right? And then I also liked how the mom um, was going to decide she was going to ignore everything except blood. And I was like, that's my kind of mom, right? If you're not bleeding, figure it out yourselves. I am not. We can't stop this train Mm -hmm. from rolling. (laughs) We've only got five or six weeks. We've got to keep
1: going. And so to give an idea about what these herdmans were like, there was, I don't know, how many kids were there? Six?
0: Yeah, I lost count at some point, but yeah. There was,
1: anyway, a lot of them, and they seemed to be in every single grade, and they just bullied everybody, you know? And so one of the examples was the girl, Imogene, she would be in the nurse's office when apparently they used to, there was a thing where they would weigh you and do your height, and she made up this (laughs) excuse to get the nurse to go to her brother's classroom, and then she stole all the weights and heights and then would bribe the kids who were on the heavier side for their goods. You know, like there was (laughs) Wanda Pierce had a charm bracelet and she was like, listen, I know how much you weigh and give me your charm bracelet. And it said that the charm bracelet was $6.95. So since this book was made in 71 or written in 71, I looked up the inflation calculator. And so that would be $45 today. All right. So some value there. If she has like 20 charms for $45, that's a Pretty expensive bracelet yeah you
0: know that was some smart thinking some research there jenny i like that i, I have a lot of time on my hands so. <laughs> thanks covid thanks covid yeah oh my gosh <laughs> i i also loved how the one girl alice who was had always played mary um mm-hmm. she was like that perfect girl her mom was involved in the church she was involved in the church she just every year she played mary and the minister's son played joseph and um it said that her mom wouldn't even allow her to hang out with somebody who had two rabbits (laughs) like that's like explain like how straight laced they were even if you had two rabbits that could be a little risque so you you can't play with Yeah, it was like a great, uh, a great understanding of like how serious this family was. And she was taking notes. She didn't get oh, no. she didn't get chosen as Mary this year. Well, she didn't volunteer as Mary. Um, the Herdmans did. And so then she was taking notes at every rehearsal to report back to her mom, like all the horrible things that were going on or being yeah. discussed. to so hopefully blackmail somebody
1: into something. But- yeah. Didn't, didn't work out that way. No. But yeah, because, you know, that was just the typical perfect mother who thinks everyone else is doing it wrong. And yeah. I mean, uh, so her daughter, yeah, had a little like Harriet the Spy notebook in her. <laughs> <laughs> in her Ooh, that's a great another book. We should look into yeah. that. We should do that in her pocket and, you know, and would write, you know, everything that, uh, you know, like smoking in the bathroom, which now if you're smoking, a cigar in the bathroom, <laughs> why you aren't kicked out of the play in the first place, I'm not sure. But, you know, it was the 70s. It's the 70s. <laughs> there wasn't enough time to... Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really sweet how... I loved how it was through the narrator's eyes, but then it interspersed action from, from the adults. But they were, you know, the supporting characters in this case. Yes. And I liked that the herdmans who all ended up starring in the play, uh, well, because they threatened the other children, but they still ended up starring in the play. But it was the first thing they'd ever really had any interest in. Mm-hmm. Like and they wanted to go to the library and and do research on King Herod and baby Jesus. And it, you know, it was just something they wanted to learn more about, which was good and then the librarian was a little bit like oh, i can't believe they want books and it's like no 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 right. no no embrace that they want books yeah
0: right yeah i i you know uh, that that you would
1: you. <laughs> right
0: exactly uh sometimes the librarian comes across as a as a cranky old lady in books which i can yeah. understand but um <laughs> she uh, i it, it was because and i it really sort of felt for him it was kind of the first time they were getting some positive attention mm-hmm. um you know and they were really intrigued they all were really sort of interested in the story. And so I loved that they sort of wanted to learn more to, you know, play their roles better they wanted to add yeah. on to it by you know um defending mary uh protecting the baby more yeah and the, the funny thing about the baby is i guess in past years
1: there they'd had like a real baby a church <laughs> member and this year nobody wanted their baby to be held by imogene herdman so she said um well there's always two or three babies outside the supermarket i'll go <laughs> take one i'm like what why are there babies in their carriages outside the supermarket Again, that had to be a 70s thing, right? When people did that, I'm just going to leave her here and go in and get a ham.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm like. What? I, I I did question that, but you know, the seventies were a different time and I guess yeah. you, could, you know, leave your kids in the car or Wait, wait, you didn't have a car seat, so why right? not just be left outside of the store? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a very entertaining that she was just <laughs> gonna go just go get a baby. We'll just kidnap one for the for the show. It'll be fine. There were so many so many things that they wrote that Barbara Robinson wrote in here that really sort of gave you insight into the life of the herdman children for example when they were going to play the wise men and they were bringing oils and they're like oils you get better gifts from the firemen
1: <laughs> you what? know and it talked about the whole the the, how they dogs. get there
0: what? yeah how that's that's where they got their gifts and they weren't great gifts but at least they got gifts and, yeah. and like they were like who brings a baby oil let's get some get some good stuff in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that sort of um Thing. And that the that, that wise men, when they didn't, they couldn't quite like wrap their head around what they meant by the wise men. <laughs> and so they're like, do you mean like teachers? And someone goes, N- no, you dumbbell, like the president <laughs> of the United States. Right. And I'm like, oh, it's a different time, children. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Like, here are these kids who, you know, for, for someone who's grown up in the church and, and heard, uh, you know, the, the Christmas story year after year after year, that th- these these kids were so like it was so foreign to them that they didn't, you know, they didn't even understand what the wise men were or, you know, what the shepherds were doing and things like that. And so I just, I thought it was really interesting, like you said, about how engaged they got and how interested they were about learning more about it.
1: And I learned more too as an adult because thanks to the internet, you know, now back then I would have had to go to the card catalog and I would have just been a lot of work but now I was looking at information uh, you know the real Christmas story is darker than the Christmas card Christmas story and pageants that right you know are put on and I I you know had kind of blocked that out and you know obviously King Herod he's not <laughs> in the play and right like I said like it's not like a lovely Christmas card scene with animals and I mean it is but it's not it's right like the whole story is um, darker and and I was reading and someone um, had said that in the midst of blinking decorations and flickering candles darkness threatens the light and ignoring darkness is ignoring reality and so we leave King Herod out of this Christmas story because we think we're supposed to keep hardships of the real world away from Christmas by someone named Brett younger said that and mm. Brett that's yeah, that's very deep, Brett, and yeah. but it, it's kind of it's true a bit, that's kind of what we do about a lot of things. we um kind of gloss over the bad and not that we want King Herod in our you know in the church Christmas pageant, but teeny people's Christmas story, but right. you know it's just uh it makes you go, and it made me even as an adult, learn a little bit more about the whole story and and remember little parts that I had kind of right. forgotten when my kids were in. You know, a story. Right. Talking about, you know, angels and the baby and it's all nice and cozy and the you know, but there is no room at the end. And yeah, you know.
0: I loved there was this part near the end about how when Mary and Joseph came into or uh, the Herdman kids came into the sanctuary that they just sort of stood there a little bit lost and confused. Um, and she said, the narrator, oh my gosh, the narrator is so good about how this is must be like what it is for refugees sort of sent to wait in some strange ugly place with all their things around them and she said it suddenly occurred to me that this was just the way it must have been for the real holy family stuck away in a barn by people who didn't care about what happened to them and it really sort of struck me that like yes i remember it being like oh and it all worked out and the herdmins were you know played this role mm-hmm. But i don't know that it really sort of sunk in the sort of um impactfulness of these kids who didn't know the story, who were also sort of struggling and didn't have the mm-hmm. you know finer, nicer things sort of representing Mary and Joseph, who were also you know in this like traveling to try and find shelter to you know have mm-hmm. their baby
1: yeah, the herdmans they were kind of outsiders in their own way,, yeah. and just to see the you know the twinkling lights and the candles and it was just. Part of me is going I hope it lit a fire under her and then she went on to I do something you know I I kept wanting the story to go on and and to know like what happened to them after like did the mom i don't know did somebody help them then like discover their talents or did was it the
0: 70s and they just kind of got swept back under the rug and right right was the congregation like welcoming to them cuz i that was another thing that i thought really sort of resonated with me as an adult, was that um, how some some people feel very judged by people in the church? You know, mm-hmm. like Alice is making our list of everything they're doing wrong. Right? They don't look the part. They don't sound the part. They don't act the part. Yeah. And um, and so I thought all the m- other ladies of the church on the phone tree, like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Going to the minister to complain that they should pull the kids out, mm-hmm. and I it really sort of resonated with me as an adult that that's how a lot of people feel about you know, church. Like they just don't feel like they fit in. They don't look the part, sound the part, you know, and they feel like they're being judged. And I thought, I hope that everyone sort of like learned from the pageant Mm -hmm. um, that, and sort of embrace them and welcome them and let them, you know, be a part of it as well. It, after the pageant as well you know because you don't really sort of follow up with that in this book at least maybe they did in the other two but that certainly went over my head as a child but as an adult I was like I hope that you know some people from the church were like hey we're happy you're here we'd like you to continue to come and not just like okay that was fun we did that once we're going to go back to the way we do yeah and I mean I kind of I would like that
1: to happen, but based on people in general, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, they probably just still were like, well, they're still herd mans and they're still yeah, dirty and they their mom walks the cat and their garage door flips up and down all the time. And the thing that drives me as an adult, the craziest is the people who are so they go to church and they pray and they're this, but then you go outside and you're a school pickup and they don't say hello to you. I'm like, what are you doing in church? You know what
0: that that's, Jesus would say hello. You know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, that I, that really was what sort of stayed with me from this yeah. book i remember as a child being like oh it was so silly and then they did the pageant and as a child who grew up in a church and did the pageant every year yeah. you know it was very relatable to me but as an adult reading it i just was about these herdmen's and who was who was there for them, who was still right. welcoming and including them and you know looking out for them because even the social worker seemed like she was fed up oh, done yeah with she just
1: did not like going there yeah I liked that when you mentioned earlier the the wise men. So the social worker dropped off a basket at their house, or the church gave them a basket, and then he he used the ham as the offering. Yes, <laughs> instead of the oil, because why would you want oil? It's he couldn't wrap his head around years past, so he offers up the ham, and then he didn't want it back though. He he was like, no, it was a gift. So it's like he learned. How yes, give without wanting something in return, so if,
0: right. you know he learned a, a lovely lesson that that part actually, I was a little teary at mm-hmm. that part. I wasn't crying, but I was got a little teary <laughs> because the thought that here are these kids who the main reason they came to church in the first place right, is because Charlie, the narrator's brother, had said, oh, I get candy and cakes and stuff like that all the mm-hmm. time at church. And they were like, wait, hold up. There's free food at church? Yes. <laughs> so that's why, they, that's why they came to church. And so you knew that yeah. food was a significant thing. And so for them to give away that ham as their gift to the baby mm-hmm. Jesus was really so moving to me that, yeah, this, these are kids who are hungry. They don't have a lot. And to have given up this significant amount of food yeah. as their gift because they thought that the oil gift was <laughs> such a bad idea was really, really touching to read. Yeah,
1: yeah I liked that. And I did um, definitely miss that as a child. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think also they they did their story a little different. Gladys, or you know, was a little bossier than the normal angel. But I kind of, I think, and it made the narrator think like, okay, so every year we do it exactly the same way, but maybe exactly the same way we're not even seeing it anymore. So when it was done a different way, she saw it with these new eyes and actually learned something Mm -hmm. where we do everything the same all the time. And again, and again, and again, because that's how we think we're supposed to, it kind of loses something. And I think, you know, a lot of the church ladies making their applesauce cake and sitting in the kitchen and talking on their phone tree, you know, miss the point of it. You know, the mom of the narrator, I mean, they learned. I think she was very happy with how her pageant had gone. And she learned something at the end that, you know, doing it a little bit differently can help us learn and grow. Um, and like, yeah, we were talking about, I hope the other families, you know, notice that doing right. it different is, you know, can be just as great as the same old angels and the bathrobes and the wings and the everything so yeah and there's my dog dog like the book (laughs) yeah I really like this book and I definitely learned a lot from reading it as an adult and uh you know it was one of those that totally again held up no cringing it and it was just it was so sweet and um I could really relate to the mom and the church ladies and the kids and it was just it
0: was such a a nice little Christmas story. It was it was a really lovely Christmas story and I thought oh and now I know why I read it so often as a child but I Maybe should have mm. read it to my own children too, or at least finished it the one year I did try to read it. But uh, I really, I really, again, thought it held up. Uh, i am been impressed so far. Two for two, right? Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's really sort of interesting how at least the first couple books we've read and a few others that we have um, up coming up the pipeline, how short yeah. they are, as chapter books. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's like the J.K. Rowling effect, you know, that every book now has to be like 300, 400 pages to be a, you know, middle grade fiction book, you know, because books generally the size 100 pages or so tend to be um, like beginning chapter books. Like they're not considered real chapter books for, you know, but I think maybe kids would feel a little bit more accomplished if they were reading, you know, like, you know multiple 100-page books as opposed to trying to take out a, you know, 350-page book and then feeling overwhelmed by it. So I thought that was really sort of interesting so far that some of my most beloved books from my youth were these like little paltry books that I probably wouldn't, my own kids probably wouldn't pick up because they don't look like they are well, substantial yeah. books. So, but they, you know, were,
1: it's sometimes harder to tell a story in words Yeah,
0: yeah. And I did, I, I did read about the author who had been a poet and had written magazine articles and adult novels. And she said she really sort of um, got into children's books and really sort of loved them because she's like, you know, write a children's book, it has to be the mm-hmm. most entertaining, the most funny, like the most get, like get okay. to the point um, because the kids aren't, they're not going right. to stick around. And I thought, oh, she's so right, right? She, no one wants 100 pages of like learning about the background of these characters and to just like get to it. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying rereading these yeah. books is that you just sort of mm-hmm. get to the story. There's yeah. none of that fluff. And yeah, I agree.
1: And it was, I, re- I read it and I'm like, oh, that. That was quick, you know, that yeah. was, but that was fun. Yeah. And I, I liked it. And then I went and um I was looking for the movie and I found it, it's on YouTube. <laughs> so. Oh, I, excellent. I was going to say, I wonder if it's streaming, but yeah, it is on YouTube. And it's not a long movie either. It was about, you know, 45 minutes. So it was probably like in an hour time slot. Yeah. Which is awesome. probably why it's not repeated very often because it didn't fit the typical movie Timeline, two hours, you know. Maybe I'll have to show my kids over winter break.
0: Yeah, it was very, very enjoyable. It was more after-school special. It was, yeah. (laughs) Just another fabulous thing yeah we we'll have, have to revisit. watch some well this was uh so much fun i'm glad that we uh had a special christmas episode yeah um mm-hmm. this wasn't on our list of books to read um we would love for you to follow us on not how i remember it uh, on instagram or you can email us at not how i remember it at gmail.com we are now available on like all the podcasting platforms apple google um so you can look you can find us wherever um you can find us on amazon music so um check us out yeah wherever subscribe Mm -hmm. i don't really know what happens when you subscribe
1: or or leave a review but do that too because like it's supposed to help us i which
0: i don't again i don't know what it does but yeah but just press the button and yeah yeah so and we hope you're enjoying it uh we are really grateful uh for the feedback we got on the first one uh we sort of did this as a fun uh entertaining thing for us during these <laughs> covid times when we really can't yep. be together but we can certainly do a, a podcast via zoom and so uh this this has been really fun for us and we we hope you are continuing to enjoy it yep and happy whatever you celebrating absolutely happy holidays all happy right happy Bye. Bye.